What's up, everybody? This is Cortland from IndieHackers.com, and you're listening to the Indie Hackers podcast. More people than ever are building cool stuff online and making a lot of money in the process. And on this show, I sit down with these indie hackers to discuss the ideas, the opportunities, and the strategies they're taking advantage of so the rest of us can do the same. My buddy Julian was telling me the other week that I need to join this thing called BitClout. And I've been super busy. I had no idea what it was. And he was just like, yeah, just join now. You can figure it out later. Like, it doesn't matter. Just like get on the platform. And he kind of walked me through the process. And Julian's a smart guy. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't know anything about cryptocurrencies. I don't know anything about the blockchain. Uh, but whatever, let me just join this. And the thing is that the way BitClout works is I think they just went through Twitter and they took like the top 15,000 Twitter accounts ranked by followers and they pre-made profiles on the on their site. So I was already on the site and I couldn't just like make my profile because it was taken. So I had to like basically prove that I am the owner of at CS Allen on Twitter and on BitClout. So I had to like tweet their thing, which is basically an ad for BitClout. So what did I tweet? It's like my last tweet that's up right now. Basically, I said, hey, setting up my BitClout and then I linked to my BitClout profile. And I immediately got a flood of responses of people who were like, that's cool or welcome or yeah, I knew you'd finally be on board. And other people who were like, Cortland, I am so disappointed that you are supporting this obvious scam and Ponzi scheme. <laughs> and then I got a message from you and you're like, hey, let's talk about BitClout and do an episode on the podcast. So everybody's all over the map. What are your thoughts? You know, what, what is BitClout? Maybe explain it to me, explain it to, to listeners. BitClout is kind of three things in one, which is, I think, part of the appeal to it, right? So the first thing is that it's essentially just a social media platform, but rather than being controlled by one particular company, it will eventually be a fully decentralized social media platform that runs on blockchain. And so all the content that, that gets submitted to the social media platform is, will be on the blockchain. So there's no one company. There's no one person. There's no Mark Zuckerberg. There's no Jack Tulsi in charge that, that says whether you can have that content on there or not. And it will be spread out all over the world kind of eventually. It's not right now because it's still, it's still early and it's still controlled by the developers kind, kind of at this point. And then, so that's the first bit. And that, in and of itself is really interesting, right? The fact that you do now have this kind of decentralized platform that people can kind of interact with. What they also did on, on top of that was they added this idea of a creator coin. So anybody who signs up for BitCloud, and in some cases, like you mentioned, about 15,000 or so high profile Twitter accounts, they preceded those accounts on there as well. But anybody who signs up essentially gets assigned what, what they're calling a creator coin. And the idea is, is that creator coins value is based on your reputation. And part of the reputation is, you know, what, what you're following is like on other, other sort of other social media uh, platforms, whether it's Instagram or Twitter and all those kind of things as well. But also eventually it will be how you interact with people on the platform itself as well. So there's this idea that your reputation is now something that can, people can now invest into as well. And so they've kind of essentially built a stock market of the reputation of people. So I can buy your coin, you can buy my coin, you can sell it if you think I'm going to do something stupid um, and make sure you don't <laughs> lose any money. That's the, the fun part of it for me, I think, is the, the sort of speculating on people like, all right, Mubs's coin is worth, like, what is your coin worth right now? I think like $1,100. Your coin is expensive, but I can buy like a fractional part of it. I can buy like 0.01 of a Mubasharik ball coin. And I can bet like this coin is going to go up in value. You know, this time next year, it's going to be worth, you know, 10 times more than it is today. And so like, yeah, you're right. It's a stock market for people. And there really isn't any other place to do that right now. Like there's no way I can like trade based on who I think is going to be more popular or more valuable or more useful in the future. Like BitCloud seems to be it. 
I mean, obviously, people have tried stuff like this in the past. People like stolen, and and so those kind of things where you could you could you know, buy people's accounts and things like that, which was kind of a first attempt at that. But obviously, it was like one person can own one account, which was really weird. Here now, like you said, everybody in the world could buy any anybody else's coin. You can buy small, tiny amounts of it, so you don't have to, have to spend a lot of money on this. So the third thing I think that's kind of interesting as well is that they've introduced this concept of a founder reward as well. So as part of me being on on the site, I can control what my founder reward is and it can be anywhere from zero to 100%, but not that it makes sense for it to be 100%. But essentially what what that means is every time your coin is at an all-time high, if somebody purchases the coin, some percentage of that purchase will actually go to the person whose account it is. So... I think it defaults to 10%. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And so every time my coin's at an all-time high, if somebody spends 100 bucks to, to purchase my coin, they only actually get $90 of that coin and I get the $10 instead. And so that's a way to kind of incentivize people to be active on the platform and so that they can make a little bit of money just by using the platform itself without actually having to do anything. So I think that's kind of an interesting aspect as well. One of the reasons that I'm not super into blockchain crypto stuff is because... It has essentially felt like a solution in search of a problem to me. Like there aren't that many uses. Everyone's so excited about the technology and everyone's dreaming up all these use cases. But the vast majority of use cases that I've seen for crypto are things that you could probably just do with a database. And it turns out like no one really cares that things are centralized in a database. And sometimes it's actually like uh, a feature, not a bug. And it like helps you understand that like there's somebody behind the application you're using and just making sure that like everything is safe and decisions are being made in a good way. And they're like, kind of a steward. And so a lot of the use cases for the blockchain just haven't really materialized into applications that have been like as killer as people have been predicting for the last 10 years. And the main use case has been speculation. People just want to buy stuff and guess that the price is going to go up. And so like the big winners have been like all these, you know, websites like Coinbase that allow you like, or maybe Robinhood that allow you to trade cryptocurrency to like, you know, this so-called greater fool who's going to buy it at an even higher price than you bought it for. And like, this is by and large worked very well because like so many crypto enthusiasts are waiting for the day that it is going to take over, that it is going to be super, super useful, that they're just not selling no matter what. And if nobody ever sells, <laughs> the price really just does go up. Yeah. And so like Bitcoin's out with like $60,000. And so it's kind of like, all right, well, the speculation aspect is fine, but like, what about the actual utility? And so since that hasn't really been there very often, I haven't cared, but this actually is a really good case for the utility of the blockchain. Like a decentralized social network, a social network that's not owned by anybody is actually a really cool idea that people have been talking about for like 10 years. The hard thing is like building a social network is hard. Whether it's decentralized or not, like getting people to adopt a social network and like getting the network effects to work, like there's a reason there's only a few big social networking companies because it's extremely hard to do. Like millions of people have tried to do this and most have failed. And even the ones that got a lot of attention, like Diaspora, Mastodon, like Mastodon's doing okay, but like it's not taking over. They just don't have it. They haven't figured out like the growth part of things, really. They figured out like the technological decentralized part of things. And maybe because BitCloud doesn't care that much, we'll get into this. There's a lot of issues about how they've implemented it. It's like pretty shoddily built. But like what they really do really well is they index on like this fun speculation thing. Like everybody wants to make money. Whenever anyone hears about like a new crypto thing where you could probably get in early and make a ton of money, like people are super excited. And like everything about how it works is like super smart to allow and like influence and encourage this adoption. Like for me to even claim my profile, I literally have to tweet about BitCloud. And then they've structured it so it's only the top 15,000 Twitter profiles who have to do that, which means they're guaranteed to get like all of the most influential people. Like the day Elon Musk claims his BitCloud profile is a day that like millions of people are going to learn about BitCloud because he's going to have to tweet about it. 
And so the whole thing is structured from the ground up to like be a self-promotional thing and to generate a lot of press and to get the users to advertise it. And that's something that I think no one else has really, really done. Well, and, and honestly, it cost them a lot of money though, right? Like, I mean, because, you know, obviously, you know, how many coin they've allocated to you. So when they reserved your account and everybody else's account based on how many followers you had and all that kind of stuff, they pre-allocated you a certain number of BitClout. So in theory, obviously it depends on the price of BitClout, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Elon Musk's account like is worth millions already and he hasn't even used it yet, right? So the minute he claims it, and not that he cares because he's got more money than anybody in the world does at this point probably, but you know, it, there's, there's a lot of stored value in his account already. And for the top 15,000, there's a big amount of stored value. Now, Obviously, it didn't cost them the amount that we're seeing now because the speculation has increased the sort of value of that exponentially already. But they did do the let's spend some money to make some money kind of approach to here. And yes, there was a lot of pushback from a lot of people in terms of why are they reserving my accounts and why are they, you know, why is my face on their, you know, on the sort of on their site already and stuff like that. But I think at the end of the day, it's not going to cost them anything. Like, I don't think they're going to, I don't think there's going to be any legal recourse out of that. And it's going to have generated them a huge amount of interest. So I think it worked really well. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of controversy on this because they pre-created profiles for people. They didn't ask anybody's permission to create these profiles. What are your thoughts on like, is that an ethical thing to do? Is it unethical? I'm not sure, right? Because our whole point of this is, is that these are public profiles on yeah, public images that they've posted. Everybody can access them already, right? Like it's not like they scrape somebody's private information and then just used it everywhere this is like public information public pictures that are out there already so can you scrape it why the heck not it's public already right like it's not it's not like i don't think they did anything wrong there now and and in many ways like i said they're compensating you for that, right? Like, I mean, they've taken your profile, but they've also given you forty, fifty, hundred thousand dollars that's just sat there. If you want to take it, great. If you want to, if you want to reach them and say, shut down my account, they probably will, and they'll just keep the money. I'm assuming that's associated with it as well. So, so yeah. I mean, that's where I was like, at, at first, I was like, well, that's not really a good thing in terms of like, you know, without asking people's permission, taking their info and stuff. Then I was like, yeah, you know what? These people either have more money that they than they know what to do with, and they're more concerned about just making noise because ultimately, if they don't want their information, I'm sure if they reach out, you know, even though it's not public, who who's in charge? People know who's in charge of this thing. Um, if they wanted to reach out and have their profile taken down i bet you they can make that happen yeah i feel the exact same way i don't i'm not a big fan of the argument that like someone needs to ask your permission to make a page about you on the internet i mean there are definitely lines that should not be crossed right there's a whole thing about revenge porn that's horrible a lot of lines that shouldn't be crossed like impersonating somebody like if they were to create a profile for you and then have that profile start saying things and pretending that you're saying it like that would be a terrible line to cross but all they have is like your Twitter handle and your Twitter photo on there. And they say this profile has not yet been claimed. And that doesn't seem to me to be a thing that's like in any way bad that they did that. What would it mean for things like Wikipedia and stuff? Like now, well, I need your permission to put your profile on Wikipedia. I mean, it <laughs> doesn't make any sense at all, right? Yeah, so. or the news, right? I, can't, I need your permission to write an article about you or Twitter, right? If I want to tweet about uh, Mabashar Iqbal, do I need your permission to tweet about you? Like, not really. <laughs> the way the world works is anybody can say whatever the hell they want about whoever they want generally speaking, with a few bounds, and they don't really need to ask your permission, and that's how things should be. And so, a little confusing to me why people are so up in arms about the fact that they made these profiles. And I've thought about this with indie hackers too. Like, we have a giant directory of products, and it's like, right now, the only way to get your product in there is like, you have to add it. 
But the thought has crossed my mind. Like, hey, there are certain products in here that I want people to add. Like, what if I pre-add their products? And like, we've got pretty good SEO. I bet you their, their uh, product would start ranking pretty high and then they would probably want to come claim it, etc. And then you get into like this whole Yelp ter- territory where Yelp is doing exactly that. And it turns out that a lot of restaurants don't want to be on Yelp and they don't want to be reviewed. And I think that in that situation, you should be pretty gracious about taking it down. But the idea that they would need permission initially, I think is kind of silly. I mean, I think Yelp kind of crossed the line a little bit in terms of like, yes. you know, like stealing people's the line for sure. phone numbers and things like that. And it's like you said, it's, it's not like BitCloud was actually posting on their behalf or anything like that. Uh, I think where some people have more of a stronger argument in terms of, well, people are speculating on me and I'm not participating on it. But but the reality of that is that's happening now, right? Like, I mean, you could go to Las Vegas and speculate on anything that you want to kind of kind of right now. So So it's happening already. It's just happening on a public internet site at this point. And maybe, you know, you might have issues with that, but I think that's not their fault. And I think that's that's not something that you can really stop at this point because it's happening already. The whole privacy debate sort of blurs the line with this other conversation, which is like having control over what other people say and think and do about you. And I think having privacy is completely different than controlling. Like you don't necessarily have a right to control what other people think and say and do. about. If people want to speculate on some imaginary coin that is attached to your name, like that's their right to do that, you know? And like, that's just been the way the world has worked since time immemorial. You know, if you're a caveman and you walked out to hang out with your tribe, like you can't stop them from gossiping about whatever sort of loincloth you're wearing. Like they're just going to do whatever they're going to do. And like, that's their right. And if you don't want that, you can basically stay inside your cave. And I think there's, you know, besides Yelp, there've been other websites that have this issue too. Like, did you ever hear of, uh, were you familiar with Get Satisfaction back when that was big? People hated that website because they would put up a profile for your company and they're like, hey, do you need customer support for this company? Post your complaints here. And so every every company had a Get Satisfaction profile with like a thousand customers like, I hate this thing, blah, blah, blah. And then you had to like pay them to like get access to your profile and then respond to customer complaints. That I think is a little bit borderline. You know, like they knew what they were doing. They were sort of extorting you by publicizing like bad reviews. But BitCloud's not doing that. Literally, their main complaint is is that they use the avatar, right? Like they're using my image without my permission, a public image that they posted on the internet, that they posted on social media platform. It's on every social media platform that they probably use as well. So I'm just like, you know what? I that 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 just doesn't make any sense to me. Whatsoever. If you post something publicly, you got to be willing and accepting <laughs> for anyone to use it however they want. That's just how it is. Exactly. Let's talk about this this other point that you're making, which is a really good one, which is that not only is BitCloud like, you know, creating these profiles for you, but they're actually investing money into your profile. Like I go to my BitCloud profile. I've used this not at all. I haven't posted a single tweet on BitCloud. I haven't done anything. I haven't paid for anything. And it's like there's already $28,000 in market cap for my coin and there's $10,000 locked into my BitCloud profile. And like I apparently own $24,000 of the CS Allen coin <laughs> that I could sell and cash out at some point. You can't do it yet. We'll talk about that. But how do they get this money into people's profiles? Because this is presumably like very expensive for them to, to do. Well, yeah, like I said, I mean, it's appreciated over time because the price of BitCloud itself has increased. So right now, I think there's $160-ish per BitCloud. And that's based on there's a whole kind of white paper it's not really yeah it's not a real white paper that they put out but it's kind of a white paper it explains how it all works and stuff it's a blog it's a glorified blog post basically uh but yeah so basically the more bit clout they mint because people move bitcoin in will increase the price of bit clout itself uh and then you can use that to purchase all of the coins and stuff like that so now that Again, they haven't officially announced this yet because the company doesn't really exist. not really being publicly announced, but there's some big names that are behind it in terms of have supported the platform. Gemini Capital, I think A16Z, Sequoia, all the big names that you would expect. Yeah, Alexis Ohanian, 
the Winklevoss twins invested, Coinbase Ventures invested. And so they've given the crew behind BitClout a ton of money immediately spent buying coins for all these influencers. And they have $212,942,895 million worth of Bitcoin <laughs> in their wallet. So I don't, apparently, according to the founder, like most of that came from these investors who were like, oh yeah, this is a good idea. Here's some money. But a lot of it's coming from people who are now signing on to BitClout and buying BitClout so they can buy these different creator coins. So maybe the, the first thing to talk about are all like the implications of this thing existing. Because in their white paper, they kind of go through some like really broad, cool ideas that actually are like pretty cool, I thought, when I was reading them. So the first of them is this idea of what they call a stakeholder meeting. So you could theoretically make it so that people who own your coin, people who've invested in you, are the only people who are allowed to, I don't know, respond to a particular tweet that you make. Right. Or you could say you have to own at least, you know, a thousand dollars of the Mubs coin or the CS Allen coin in order to even talk to me on BitCloud. And what's kind of cool is like, all right, what are the implications of this? Like it's essentially means like you're probably going to get a lot of feedback that's positive and constructive because these are people who are literally invested in your future. Like they're not going to, you're not going to get a lot of trolls spending a bunch of money on you because they hate you because like that you're only going to buy like your coin if you think that you're going to basically succeed. And so on Twitter, you know, you have like a lot of, quite frankly, like angry mobs of people who like, you know, will do nothing but troll people, harass people, et cetera. And like Twitter does allow you like some moderation controls. Like you can make a tweet and say like only the people that you mentioned can respond to it. But this is kind of a more organic way to kind of like make sure that like almost like a company would do, you know, like we have our shareholders meeting. You have to hold, you have to hold this many shares to even come and have a say. You could theoretically now do that on your Yeah, Bitcoin. some people are already d doing this, not quite as formalized, but... There's been a few people, I think there's a, a user on, on BitCloud called at Craig, and he's been doing a weekly, I think, Zoom call where the top 10 holders are allowed to join. So he looks at the people that are following him. He sends them a message with, here's a link to the Zoom. And if you're in, in the top 10, you can attend. You can talk with each other and kind of have interactions, but it's only the top 10 who are allowed in as well. So some people already started to use the platform like that as these are the people who want me to succeed. I want them to succeed as well. And then they can all kind of figure out how it all works out as well. So it's starting already. I mean, I started a project called uh, BitCloud Follow, which is kind of like the we follow, but for pick out specifically. So we follow was something that Kevin Rose started at the beginning of Twitter, which is kind of like this organized directory based on categories of people who are active on Twitter. So if you're looking for somebody to follow about indie hacking or whatever, you can go find a, a list of people who, are, who who want to talk about indie hacking. So I kind of built the same thing, but for PitCloud, and I've now got like 300 people who've submitted their accounts. So what I've told people is, if you own some of my coin, I'm gonna I'm gonna prioritize reviewing your submission first. <laughs> Just kind of as a way to incentivize people to purchase the coin, it kind of really helps in terms of people buying. Because I think I think the BitCloud follow coin is worth more than my personal coin at this point, so it's kind of interesting to see how all of that stuff works out as well. But yeah, so I think I think I think there's a really interesting possibility that mixing of the social media aspects of it, but also like the financial aspects of yeah, these people actually have a financial stake in your success and and so the way that you can reward them and the way that you can interact with them is kind of built into the platform as well i love this idea of mixing money and social media and this has already been like a trend that's been happening uh over the last six to 12 months like twitter for example is introducing something called super follows where you're basically going to be able to like pay for exclusive content from people that tweet which is kind of cool i could say oh this tweet's only for like my super followers and that costs ten dollars a month to subscribe to me 
And I think the coolest thing about it is for the longest time, people have been clamoring. Like we've all wanted to like pay for social media because like the alternative is everything is financed through advertising. And like that creates some pretty terrible incentives. And, you know, Facebook and Twitter, whoever's going to show you the content that's probably going to make them the most money, but whether or not like that's the healthiest content for you to see or the thing that you actually want to like be reading. But if like money is actually baked into these platforms, if I can pay, if I could pay Facebook a fee to use Facebook and not see any ads, like I might actually start using Facebook again. Or if I could pay Twitter or like different followers or people that I, you know, influencers on Twitter to get certain content, I might use that. And with BitCloud, all the money is like basically like the entire platform just runs on money. You can do literally any conceivable thing you know, gate your inbox so only people who invest in you can message you or people have to like pay a certain number of your coins back to you to be, to be able to like like your tweets. There's just a bunch of different stuff here. So I'm, I'm a fan of the fact that like the internet has finally evolved to the point where we're more comfortable with money being baked into things and it's not like we have to find all these weird advertising models to support every platform. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that makes palatable to me is that there's not a company behind it, standing behind saying what you can and can't do in it, right? Because that's the problem with me. You know, just just like any platform that is going to be centrally closed, they're going to have a big say about what you can and can't do. What you know, the the things that you can talk about, the things that you can and can't say. Well, I'm not getting to the whole politics of it right now, but you know, in terms of that, the fact that it's decentralized, I think, is the thing that really enables that other thing because otherwise you're always going to be in the back of your mind. You're like, am I really going to invest all this time to build up this thing on Twitter just to have Twitter say next week, sorry, we're going to have you, we can't have you on the platform anymore. Um, And so, yeah, I still think there's some, you know, we still have to figure out what's the legal implications of it, of a social media platform being completely decentralized and nobody being in control anymore. Uh, But that to me is less scary than having one company in charge. And it's one company in charge, right? It's not like the government's in charge and the laws of the land set what's, what's allowed and whatnot. We're literally putting all of our hands into Mark Zuckerberg into and you know sort of people like that and it's up to them to kind of impose whatever they think is is right and I think that's that's scary <laughs> it's scary for anyone building a business on the internet like if you're huge on YouTube and YouTube decides they don't want you like well what kiss all of your subscribers goodbye like you're screwed you know uh, if Google wants to close your Gmail account like what who are you going to complain to you know only Google and they probably don't have enough customers for people to even listen and I think like one of the big shifts the last year is when people moving increasingly towards newsletters. They're like, you know what? I don't want to build up my following on social media. I can be shut down at any time. But if I own my email list, nobody can shut me down. But even that's not really true because the vast majority of the people on your email list are probably all Gmail users. And if like your sender address basically gets a bad reputation in Gmail's eyes, like they could basically just like black dot you and like you're screwed. <laughs> you know, you got to like build up your sender reputation all over again. And so. Uh, you're gonna have to maybe walk me through some of the technical details for how this works. But what I understand from reading the so-called BitCloud white paper, the underlying technology itself is decentralized, which means that all of the accounts, all of the tweets that they're making, all of the value of their coins, who holds what coins, that's all public information that anybody can build on top of and nobody controls that. And like BitCloud.com proper is just a client that these people built on top of it, but you could theoretically build your own competitor to it and have access to all the same accounts and data and information and people could log into your competitor instead of logging into bitcloud.com and there's nothing they could do about it which means that theoretically if like somebody if bitcloud.com was shut down your account and they said we hate you you're not allowed to log in here you could just go to like mubashar's bitcloud competitor and log in there and everybody can see all your stuff and like you just it's impossible to really be deplatformed i guess yeah and i think i think that that is exactly the idea right like so the blockchain and the content is now 
basically a matter of public record. And it's just a matter of somebody still needs to be the arbiter of what you can and can't see. But you have the freedom to choose who you want that arbiter to be, right? Like you can go to Facebook and they could build a client to interface into the blockchain as well. So you have the freedom to choose who you want to control what you can and can't see. And ultimately, if you want to build your own platform and or if you want to build your own software and then you can see everything, it's up to you to kind of control what you can and can't see as well. So that's all the big plan. It, you know, it's not quite there yet because they, they haven't open sourced the code that manages all of the, the blockchain stuff and that yet. But as soon as that's out there, anybody will be able to run their own code on the blockchain and then we have to build whatever services they want on top of that as well. Super fascinating. And like, this is also like not a, a new idea. The Have you heard of Blue Sky? It's like Jack Dorsey's Twitter's <laughs> attempt to do the same thing. So he, he announced in December via a tweet that he's funding a team of people. Uh, what did he say? Let me pull up his tweet. He said, Twitter is funding a small independent team of up to five open source architects, engineers, and designers, up to five, that's an interesting number, uh, to develop an open and centralized standard for social media. The goal is for Twitter to ultimately be a client of the standard. So it's like almost exactly what BitCloud is doing. You know, Twitter.com is just like one interface through which you could access all these tweets, but then other people could build on top of it. And he gave a bunch of reasons why they didn't start this way earlier, but they want to do it now. So he said centralized control, uh, the way things are now makes it too hard to enforce policies. There's too much burden. So like when he tweeted this, it was like the middle of the US election. Trump hadn't conceded yet. Everyone was saying Twitter should block this, block that. And like I'm sure he's like, oh, this sucks. Like having to have this responsibility. Uh, number two, he said, the value of social media is in the recommendation algorithms, but they're all proprietary. So you can't choose alternatives and it would be nice if you could. So like right now, Twitter, like by default, ranks all your tweets by their own proprietary algorithm. They don't just show you like the fire hose of every single tweet in chronological order. Potentially somebody could use Blue Sky to make a different client and organize tweets however you want. Just like on BitClout, like they have this idea, like what if you organize your tweets based on people who own your coin versus people who don't? Uh, so that's kind of cool. And then the last thing was that basically the incentives right now are aligned for these networks to always promote the, the content that's the most controversial. So whatever is going to stand out, whatever is going to get the most shares, the most angry replies, like that's what they're going to promote. And like maybe you want an alternative network that doesn't do that. And so supposedly these are all the reasons why Twitter is now going to invest in up to five people to work on this Blue Sky project. It's weird that they would propose something like that just because it makes no financial sense for them to, to kind of do that. And so I was still having the back of my mind like... Yeah, but I, there will still be, you know, you have to run the, the the software, you have to run the servers, you have to do all that kind of stuff to kind of power it. And there's, I mean, the thing with the blockchain is that you've you've obviously got the mechanism to reward the people for running the servers. If you can, if you can pay to mine coins and sort of all that kind of stuff, you've got the financial reasons as to why people would run the nodes that would power this. And so you kind of separate the financial incentives for like, why do I want to operate this thing? Well, because if if I can get more people active on my nodes, then you know I can make more money that way. Versus I want to control the advertising, I want to control what people see, and, and so all that kind of stuff too. So I think that's that's why this is really interesting technology to me is because it splits that what you show versus how you run the system now is decoupled. Right now, like you said, it's there, there's financial incentives to kind of show specific content in a specific order in a specific way. 
once you get into like the blockchain and BitCloud and stuff, you've kind of split the sort of uh, the sort of operational expenses and and how people make money as well. How people make money now on BitCloud is is by speculating and and kind of appreciating the value of their coin. So I also am similarly skeptical of Jack's tweet. My prediction is this: that they're going to put together this team of researchers. It's going to take them forever and a day to do anything, and then three years later, no one's even going to remember that they even did this. Because if you look at the incentives, like you're right, like what what incentive does Twitter have to allow people to create alternative Twitter competitors that are better? Like they have zero financial incentive to do that. And so why would he even announce that? Probably just because he was getting a lot of heat during the election. You know, like uh, back when Diaspora was big, they had this huge Kickstarter to fund, you know, their alternative to Facebook. And like, I think their biggest donator was Mark Zuckerberg because it makes him look good because he's like, this is never going to work. <laughs> it's going to fail. I don't care if they get, you know, whatever amount of money it's going to fail because it's super hard to do. So let me look like a good guy and donate to this. So one of the, uh, the similarly, I guess, sketchy things about BitCloud is that there's a lot of trust that you have to have to use this site. Like number one, there's been a lot of crypto scams that have happened over the last decade. This could easily be one of those crypto scams, right? They've got $213 million and their Bitcoin wallet right now, people are putting money into it to BitClout. There's literally no way to take it out, right? There is no feature on the website that says, oh God, I've been, I, you know, I speculated on Mubs. I made, you know, 10x my money. I speculated on Brian Hoover. You know, I tripled my money. Now I have all this money. I want to take it back out and convert it into US dollars. Like you try to do that, they're like, this feature <laughs> has not been implemented yet. <laughs> Which is uh, obviously like, you know, raising all sorts of red flags. Do you think it's safe to invest in BitClout? Are you putting your money into it? I put a few hundred bucks in, right? Like I'm not, I'm not putting like my entire life savings into. I'm not going to mortgage the house and you know put it all onto, onto my coin or anything like that. Do I think it's a scam? No, you know, based on what the reporting is in terms of who's involved, like you said, that 200 million dollars didn't come from the people using the platform. It came from investors who, who in many ways have been rewarded already because the money is now in their coin, <laughs> which is on the platform. So is there likelihood that, that that this platform will succeed? Yes, because the investors want it to succeed now because their coin is now worth way more than they invested already. Also, some people have taken money out. They're just doing it off of the chain right now. So they there's various Telegram groups and things like that where people basically say, look, I've got 100 BitCloud coins that I want to sell. And somebody said, well, I'll, I'll purchase those. And then you just send them to me afterwards. It's interesting trying to assess whether or not something's a scam because everyone's like, we all have like our different criteria and our different like things that we look at. Like the credibility of the investors is really a big thing. You know, these aren't no name, total idiot investors. Like these are like the who's who, like some of the top VC firms, probably the top two VC firms in Silicon Valley have invested. And a lot of people who like are staking their public reputation on this. But like the counter argument to that is like, okay, well, how many competent, well-known people invested in Theranos? And that was a scam the whole time. Like how many people invested in WeWork, which is a basically failing business model propped up by the charisma of the founder. Uh, and then, you know, maybe on the other end of the spectrum, you've got like Ja Rule got scammed by the Fire Festival guy <laughs> and, thought, and thought that was going to work out. So there's a possibility like things still don't work out. One thing that gives me a lot of, uh, I guess, confidence is that unlike Bitcoin, which is, you know, invented by the mysterious Satoshi Nakamoto, like who even knows who that is. This was invented by some guy named Diamond Hands is his pseudonym. But like everybody actually knows who it is because he like went around to the investors, and like convinced them to invest. And like the, the secret's out, like his name is like Nader. He's on Twitter. You could talk to him. He talks about it. He doesn't deny being the guy behind it. So his like, you know, like if he runs with the money, like people know who that guy is. They know where he lives. Uh, they could find yeah, him. I mean, I think, look, 
there's a difference between is this a scam and is this thing real, right? I think it's real. So I, I don't think it's a scam. Now, it's real. Now, do, does that mean it's going to succeed? Does that mean that you're actually ever going to make all the money back that you put in? Does that ever mean that you're actually going to make a fortune out of this thing? It's the stock market. No, because very, very rich, very, very smart, very, very, you know, PhD people lose a ton of money on the stock market every week, every day, every month, every year. And so, yeah, if you think you're going to just like come in and speculate and make a whole bunch of money, no, you probably lose it just like just like you do in the stock market. <laughs> well, there's like, yeah, there's a lot of risks. There's number one, you trade poorly, so you're going to lose all your money. Number two, there's like the platform risk itself, where BitCloud in particular, it's like, from what I can tell, there's this guy, uh, his Twitter handle is underscore Prestwich. His name is James Prestwich. He has been like on a tweeting storm to take down BitClout. He's done his own crypto companies before. He's worked as an auditor for blockchain technologies. And he's like, this website is total trash. It is completely insecure. Every time you log into the website, everybody in the BitClout team can basically see your see your password and so you're not supposed to code websites like that you know like the average bank of america employee doesn't know my bank credentials and like couldn't take my money but the average bitclout employee like could theoretically empty out my account and take all my money so it's like super insecure they just didn't build it right and like that's like the tip of the iceberg in terms of like all the different problems with the website and so like there is like a platform risk thing where like they might just get hacked or they might just lose all your money or they might have an employee run away with all your money and that has nothing to do with you not being able to trade it has to do with the fact that like this particular BitCloud client that they built isn't really good the uh the upside to this is pretty massive though like if you you know i'm, I'm probably gonna put some money into it probably not very much because it's i don't want it's just not wise but i know people Friends and friends of friends, we put in like twenty, thirty, fifty thousand dollars, and have turned it into half a million, uh, just speculating on people. Because right now it's like the wild west. And for example, here's here's like what I would do if I were on BitClout right now, buying people's coins. And I'm I am I'm just not I don't have any like money in the platform, so I'm not buying anything. Uh, I would immediately go to my brother. I actually texted him this morning. I'm like, have you heard about BitClout? And he's like, no, not really. And then he looked into it. He's like, oh, here's my profile. And so I would go to my brother, whose profile is basically empty and his coins are three dollars and 25 cents <laughs> which means nobody's bought his coin right oh just buy a bunch of his coins because like he's a popular guy he's got a lot of twitter followers just nobody's thought to buy his coin in bitcloud yet right so it's pretty much guaranteed that assuming bitcloud does well as a platform people will ev eventually buy his coin and it will be worth significantly more than three dollars and 25 cents and so what everybody's doing in this sort of early phase is just looking for these overlooked investments these people who like no one has thought to buy their bit cloud yet because the platform is so new and it's basically just kind of like free yep. money that you also can't <laughs> access or ever withdraw no i think and that's what a lot of people have been doing they've built various like scraping bots they they look for twitter when people are like announcing that they've signed up for bitcloud and stuff and so the minute somebody tweets it they go and purchase the coin so they and then it will kind of appreciate you know immediately because again everybody else sees that tweet now and and then everybody wants to purchase that coin as well i i think the thing that's really interesting to me is just obviously look i don't think facebook and twitter are going anywhere right like they're 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 a they're an established part of the internet economy of society as a whole like what percentage does bitcloud need to take like if they took 10 percent of the user base from twitter and facebook and everybody was like you know i'm not going to tweet anymore i'm going to use bitcloud instead how much is that worth and, and if you can if you can buy you know that now for like you know 
0.00001% of what the value will be in a year. How much are you going to make on that? So that that to me is the interesting thing is that it, it's not that it's going to be the only social media platform ever to exist from now moving forward. But it doesn't have to be, right? Like if it, even if it makes a, a, a modest inroad into the social media space and becomes another player, then you've already got massive, massive potential, massive, massive value that you can pull out of that thing. So another thing people have been tweeting about this that I'm curious to hear your thoughts on are that it feels very dystopian. Like there's a whole episode of Black Mirror where it's like social credits and this woman is like running around and every interaction she has with people, they can basically like upvote her or downvote her. And she has a certain number of like points next to her name. And like once her points are low enough, like nobody wants anything to do with her. And her life is just like one unfortunate event after another because like things are just so hard. And, you know, BitCloud feels kind of the same. You can imagine a future in which everyone has, you know, their own coin on BitCloud that's worth a certain dollar amount. And like that kind of reflects on like how valuable you are as a person. We're doing it on Twitter and Facebook right now. Yeah, the more followers I get, the better I feel about myself because I got more followers. It's just it, there's not there's not that direct correlation between a a a USD value attached to it right now as opposed to the number of followers and the number of likes every tweet that I send or the number of retweets it gets. It's it's happening right now already. It's just a little bit under the surface and it's a little harder to figure out. It, it, what Big Bitcloud said, you know what? Let's just let's just rip away all of the band aids and stuff, and we'll pull back the curtains and we'll just call it the way it is. This is what you're worth. So this is what's really going on. Yeah. That's what makes it super exciting and super fun. And I mentioned this earlier, like if you are holding somebody's coin, you have like a a lot more influence over that than if you had, let's say you bought like, you know, a share of Coca-Cola stock, right? There's not much I can do to make Coca-Cola stock go up. I can like start telling all my friends about Coke or whatever, but like that's not going to matter because quite frankly, Coke's so big that like my, my shares aren't worth anything. Whereas if I buy like, you know, stock and like my buddy, who I, I know that like next week he's going to launch some big project right? I can basically like front run everything. Like I'm, I'm, it's like I'm an insider trader, right? Like I'm an inside trader. Like I just know all the details and I can like buy stock and like things are ways that are so small, people who are so unknown that like I can single-handedly move the needle. You know, I can make their BitClout price go up because I tweet about it. And like that completely changes the game. Like that's not really, I don't know what's like the biggest analog for that. Like maybe angel investing where you're investing in companies before there are other like investors and you can like tweet about them and blow them up. But with people, it's, it's, it's infinite. Like there's so many levels down you can go where you can have way more influence than if you buy stock in public companies. One of the reasons I'm kind of really excited about it is, especially for somebody like myself, right? Like you've seen my long list of things that I've built over the years. And and really, I mean, to be completely frank and honest, most of them aren't worth anything anymore, right? Because they were just fun little side projects that I built at the time. but and, and it's more hassle to kind of build the monetization aspects into those things, right? So it takes more effort than it's worth in terms of how much value you can kind of extract out of those. And and with something like BitCloud, I almost don't need to worry about that anymore, right? Like the, the more things I launch, the more people are talking about me, the more my reputation increases, the more my coin will be worth. So I'm, I'm kind of indirectly, but almost directly making more money every time I launch something, every time I announce something, that that's real. I mean, I'm not just talking about just announcing stuff that doesn't exist, but you know, if, if I actually build and launch something, it has, it will have an impact on the value of my coin. And even, even if the project is just like a six month long project and it's just, you know, it's cool and it's fun 
uh, it's still going to raise the value of my coin. And, and, and if it ends up being a project that kind of, you know, launches and, and, and kind of t- takes off and spins off on it to its own, it's very easy to spin that into its own coin and just kind of let it run all by itself and is a kind of as well. So that's true. It's almost like, uh, there's like short term investing. Like, okay, I think, you know, I got a tip. I think the stock's going to jump up in the next day, but then I'm going to dump it because I don't truly believe in the underlying asset. Like, I just have a tip where I think, you know, things are going to pop versus long term. Like, you know, I'm long Stripe. You know, I think 10 years from now, Stripe's going to be worth a trillion dollars. So I'm just going to hold. And now there's a way for me to long term invest in you. I don't have to go to you and be like, what, what new project are you working on? Let me, you know, draw up a safe or something and invest in your project. I can just be like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to buy MUBS is BitCloud coin and hold on to that for 10 years because I'm pretty sure that 10 years from now, mobs will have been doing amazing stuff and some of it will have caught on. It's just going to be better. So I love that aspect of it. And you can basically get the proceeds of that, 10% of it anyway, and start using it immediately to fund whatever yeah, and, you want to do. I mean, it's it's effectively, uh, you know, what people have been doing with, well, people have been talking about doing with things like ISAs um, and kind of things like that too. And it's, I think the other elephant in the room is, okay, what does the US government think about this? You know, that's the other elephant in the room. Because like, some of the things that you saw, you know, some of the things we talked about in terms of like, well, insider trading. I mean, effectively it is insider trading, right? Like, but is, if, if it isn't really a security, you can't really do insider trading. So the question is, is this really a security? I don't know. And, and so it's going to be interesting how the IRS treats this. And it's going to be interesting to see how the US government treats this. And so it's going to also be interesting to see since it's a decentralized blockchain, how much influence does the U.S. government have on this thing as well, right? Like, I mean, can they can they can they impose any restrictions on this? Yes, at some point you're going to want to pull your money out, so they have some say about how you pull your money out. But ultimately, if it's a platform that could run anywhere on the world on any number of servers around any part of the globe, uh, I don't know what they can do about it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious about like what the best strategies will be. You know, like. Because there is one one strategy where you don't do anything of usefulness yourself. You don't do anything of utility yourself. You don't make anything. You don't care about your own coin. You're just constantly speculating on other people's coins. And this is already what investors do. It's like one of the main complaints about Wall Street. You know, like what do you guys actually create? Nothing. You're just you're just moving money around, right? Whereas like, you know, other industries like build things that are of utility. Or you can take the other approach where you're like, no, I want my coin to be amazing. And so that's an incentive for me to do amazing things. You know, I want to be better. I want to write really good thoughts and ideas and have a great podcast or build cool products. And like, you know, you sort of get richer because you're being amazing and you own part of your coin. I mean, for me, it's because of who I am, because of what I do. I want to do the second, (laughs) I want to do that because I know I have a direct influence on the value of my own coin, right? Like I know if I build and launch things, I know what the impact is of that. Just speculating and posting other people's coins the risk just goes way out the window, right? Like in terms of, you know, you, you're going to think something's going to happen. You're going to invest in people. People aren't going to do things. People aren't going to launch things the way that they're supposed to launch things. And they're going to say weird things and people are going to sell their coin and stuff. So just like just like with investing in stocks, it becomes way risky, way riskier. And it's outside of your con- control about whether it succeeds or not. Um, now, is is the upside higher on that? Yeah, probably because you're able to spread your, your time and your funds across any, just like any, any venture capitalist does now, they don't invest in one thing. They invest in a hundred things and one of them makes a fortune. <laughs> so like I said, I only put a few hundred bucks into this thing because I think I think there's potential there, but I'm essentially investing that in myself at this point. But I've been spending the last two and a half weeks that I've been on the platform, you know, focusing more on like growing my following. Like I've got like 600 followers already uh, kind of on the platform and stuff because I think longer term, 
the more engaging that you can be on the platform, the more the, the, the more value that you can add on the platform, the more valuable your coin will ultimately be anyway. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, I'm looking at your, your personal BitCloud account. Your coin price is worth $1,100 per coin and a total market cap of like almost 60 grand. And then you, for your project, BitCloud Follow, you also made an account for that. And it's worth even more than you are already, right? It's got a, it's coins worth $1,300 and it's got a total, total market cap of $64,000. And I guess it's making me think, okay, I need to get any hackers on BitCloud. I need to get, I need to get like every project I do on BitCloud. And then you don't have to pay any money. You know, you're not like buying or trading anything. You're just building your thing and other people are putting money into it. And you can still invest in it early, right? Like I bought. BitCloud follow when it was when it wasn't worth anything right because it wasn't worth anything i bought you know i bought eight or nine coins of it back then when it didn't where it cost me less than 100 bucks that investment is now worth like twenty thousand bucks or whatever it is but so that's that you know that investing in yourself becomes a lot easier as well yeah i don't have to worry about you know setting up legal companies s corps and llcs and all of that kind of fun stuff all i gotta do is transfer in some bitcoin hit purchase and i've invested in myself (laughs) but it also in terms of my side projects and stuff it's a good indicator of whether I think I'm onto a really good idea or not. If if I can get some smart people in, investing in in that coin early, it means hang on a second. I think I might have something here, especially understanding who they are and kind of where they are in the industry and stuff like that. It's like, well, you know, I'm not just wasting my time here because I know that there's smart people. That that's where the speculating I think is kind of interesting as well. Right now, people are speculating that these ideas have value and understanding who they are. And understanding, you know, why they entered and, and, and why, why they purchased those coins, I think is, is also really good for founders and creators like myself to kind of understand why people are investing as well. Listen, I could talk about this for hours and hours and hours. I'm sure we will <laughs> offline. Uh, but hopefully listeners know a little bit more about BitClout now. I urge you, <laughs> don't take any investment advice from us. Uh, we are not professionals. We're not telling you to go do this. I think that it is extremely risky and there are any number I mean, we haven't even covered like half the things on my list that, that might go wrong with the site. Like it was da- it was literally down for like half of March and you couldn't even use it. And I tried to send some BitCloud earlier uh, yesterday and it was just like, you can't send more BitCloud that is in your account. And it was like less than what, my, than what was in my account. So it's like, they're trying to work out the kinks and who knows if this thing is going to get hacked or go down. But assuming it does work out and assuming lots of people adopt it, uh, I think it's pretty promising and at the very least will be a lot of fun. The the biggest investment that you make in any of these things is your time, right? Whether you're on Facebook or Twitter and stuff, you spend hours posting stuff, interacting with people. Your biggest investment is your time. And I would rather invest that time in BitCloud because the upside for me is the sky at this point. What's my upside on Twitter? I don't have an upside on Twitter. <laughs> there really isn't. I was talking to um, Ashley Higgins, who runs like product and strategy at Product Hunt. And I was asking her, like, oh, where's, where's Product Hunt going? And she was saying, well, I, the way I look at products is the first thing she thinks is, like, what question is this product answering? Or, like, more specifically, what problem is this product solving? That's how she always looks at things. And I think for social media in general, that answer has been changing over the years. Like, it used to be connection, right? What was the point of being on Facebook? To connect to your friends and your family and talk to them. And, like, isn't this so cool? We can have a group chat, right? It was, like, so new. And then with, like, Twitter and Instagram, it became kind of like status, it's like, wait, now there's all these strangers who follow me. And there's like a little number representing my followers. And like, I guess I'm a high status person because all these random people think I'm cool. And look at all these likes that I'm getting. And now I think it's just like, it's just purest form of just money, right? Like I want to make money. I want to fund my projects. I want to pay for the roof over my head. I want to be able to buy food. You know, I want to be able to live my best life. And like all of that, like that's the question that BitCloud is asking. And like, what is more motivational than money? 
you know, like very few things. It's just super direct and to the point because you can exchange it for whatever you want. I wouldn't be surprised to see this being widely adopted. It's a much stronger reason to use BitClout if assuming it works out and it's not a scam and the website doesn't crash all the time than there is to use something like Twitter at the end of the day. Well, Mobs, as always, thanks for coming on the show. Do you want to let listeners know where they can go to find uh, what you're up to on BitClout? BitClout slash you slash Mabashir Iqbal is my profile. And then obviously all my other projects are on iWorkedOn.com. So just go find me on iWorkedOn. All right. Later, Mobs. See you later.